2: Connect
0: to more. Ooh, this is the running for the new intro song. Everything around here is new, but this one, this is a good one. This might have to be in the mix. It is as Now. Welcome in. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide. SWX Montana Television. And also around the planet Earth, either on the Listen Live tab or on YouTube. Happy to be with you. I know it's a pretty crazy day on the world scale. So hopefully we can provide uh, just some fun sports banter so you don't have to watch uh, as our world burns. We won't even get into it. We'll help everybody out there is doing well. And welcome into the show. The new show, that is. If you haven't heard, Ryan Tutel is out. But Nuana is now. marches on. 4 to 6 every single day right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. You heard from Riley Cork in the last two days, and now I got another special surprise guest. It's not really even a surprise guest. This guy's going to be holding down the Wednesdays now. He actually works at SWX Montana Television, but now he's going to actually get real long airtime. Sean Rainey, my good buddy, and uh, now a new Wednesday co-host. Welcome to the show, man.
1: Thanks for having me. I know, it's kind of funny because, you know, we have a... 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, or 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. If you add up all, though, the time that I'm on TV yep. throughout all of our shows, yep. I'm on for probably, like, 10 minutes, 5 five <laughs> minutes, and you guys are on for two hours. I'm just yes. always looking up at your at you guys' mug when I got the TV by the sports section, so happy to be on. Um, you know, honored that, uh, you know, you thought of me to, to come in and, um, you know, fill in any shoes of Ryan Tuttle is going to be a lot, uh, you know, very difficult um, going to miss Ryan. Awesome. Awesome guy. We wish him the best in his adventure, but this is certainly going to be exciting. And you know, I can't wait.
0: It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope we give you a new flavor too, because as you know, I mean, Riley's a pro Sean's a pro. I pretend to be a pro, but hopefully we give you a fresh look at each and everything as well. For the rest of the week, by the way, tomorrow, Brooks is my brother and partner at Skyline Sports, going to come on, break down a little Big Sky Conference basketball. We also have Danny Sprinkle joining us. And on Friday, Kyle Sample, former Skyline Sports and Missoulian sports writer. He's actually written all across the state. He worked for me at the the Chronicle. I worked at the Missoulian and then worked for me at Skyline Sports again. Uh, but he's well-versed in the Big Sky Conference as well as uh, some other things, too. So we're going to get into some NBA and NFL with him on Friday as well. And that uh, Jim O'Day former athletic director from the University of Montana. He might stop by on Friday as well. But let's get into what do we have in the show today. Segment number one, it's going to be a Sean Rainey segment, but I can't wait to talk about it. We're going to talk about the six head coaching openings in the NFL. We're going to rank them, not just one through six, but we're going to rank them based on their quarterback or their potential quarterback. Their roster, salary cap, and draft capital, things like that. Sean's got some stats for you. And it also got the overall landscape of just the job in general, whether it's the division, the culture behind the team, what the fan base is like, the media pressure, all that. So that should be a great segment. Uh, about 4.30 – Jeff Hayes is going to stop by. Longtime Missoula Hellgate boys basketball coach, and we could call him the defending state champion, right? I mean, they were technically the co-champs, but Hellgate was a pretty spectacular. Well, team. not if
1: you talk to to Billings Skyview. Yeah, they yeah, will. They, yeah. but let's be real. Let's I mean, be real. Hellgate was the. Best basketball team that
0: I have ever covered. You've been in Montana about ten years, right?
1: Yeah, and that's including you know the the some of the Trace Tinkle Hellgate teams and some of the other you know some of the great Bozeman teams. You know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of great teams, but this one, uh, I mean, winning games by I think the average 27 points Mm -hmm. per victory, going undefeated. Their closest game of the entire season was nine point win over Skyview in the very first game of the year. Right. Not a single game was in double. Uh, single digits after that. I mean, they, they were by far the best team.
0: So we'll get, we'll hear from coach Hayes. I talked to him earlier this morning. He, he had, uh, he obviously has practice now. So I had to catch up with him uh, during one of his breaks early. He's a teacher over that Hellgate as well, but we'll hear from him. We also got a little trivia and we got wings for you from the debts, Desperado sports tavern and grill. Second hour, ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And we're actually just going to feature a conversation between Sean and I, recapping some of the best moments in 2020. I know it was a tough year, but there was a lot of shining performances across the state of Montana uh, in the sports realm and otherwise as well. And then we're also going to talk a little Grizz Hoops and maybe even get some NFL picks against the spread from Sean. If you want to give us some feedback, you can hit us up anywhere and everywhere. The stream, like I told you, it can be found, 1029ESPN.com. The stream, all you got to do is click on the Listen Live tab. You can listen to ESPN Radio 24 hours a day, anywhere on planet Earth. It should work on your mobile. You should work on your computer, uh, anywhere you have access to the Internet. Just go to 1029ESPN.com and click on the Listen Live tab. Stream presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, 361-3688, 361-3688. You can also text that number as well, and we'll get to your texts when we can. But we actually had a great text from a listener yesterday that sparked our first uh, segment. So if you missed yesterday's show, by the way, you can always check it out on the podcast. That can also be found on all your podcasting platforms and at 1029. ESPN.com. But you're going to want to remember 361 3688 for a little later on in the show, too, because we do have those desperado wings for you. So call or text at any time. We'd love to hear from you. Let's get into it, Sean. We got six openings in the NFL. Of course, we had the ones that the jobs that opened in the season the Texans, the Lions, and the Falcons. All three of those coaches fired in the midst of the NFL season, and there was interim coaches' name, but now they will have coaching searches. And then the last day or so, uh, I guess the day after the last day of the regular season, Anthony Lynn fired with the Chargers, Tuck Marone fired with the Jaguars, and Adam Gase fired with the, with the Jets. So, first of all, just kind of set this up for us. You have some pretty good parameters as far as what we want to uh, dissect these openings for. Not just, you know, who's the best franchise or whatever, but a lot of different factors that go into what makes a great franchise.
1: Yeah, so I thought it'd be fun to kind of rank these jobs from kind of the most attractive to the least attractive. You know, so if Colter Nuanez is is going to be the next head coach of one of these teams, which team do you want to be the coach for? And I think there's, you know, obviously a multitude of factors when you're talking about this subject in which what makes one franchise more attractive than the other. And I kind of base it off a few important things. Cause I think number one, it's the quarterback. I mean, the NFL is such a quarterback sure. driven league. A lot of these jobs, whenever you're talking about linking people, to, it's always the coach and the quarterback. Do they have a history? Blah, blah, blah. Sure. So number one quarterback. Sure. Number two is kind of the roster and the salary cap entire situation. And we have those, the stats and the numbers for all six of these positions as well, and then the third one I kind of just put on is is kind of like a general, bigger landscape of the franchise. So the what what it looks like within the division, kind of the the culture that you're going into, ownership, fan base, like all the all the kind of the extra like intangible things about each organization or team is kind of like the third thing, and we could argue about like which of those three categories that we're kind of using to rank these, do you think is the most important? But I think those are kind of, those three all put together is kind of how we are going to rank the most attractive to the least attractive jobs.
0: I love it. I think that's the way to do it to be sure. It's very interesting with these jobs too, because you look at the, uh, the jets, the, um, and the Jaguars, I think we would both agree. I think everybody that follows the NFL would agree that one of the primary, if not the primary factor to finding success is uh, prominence, pedigree, and consistency among your head coach and your quarterback. The Jets and the Jaguars, the obvious missing piece has been the quarterback, and now they're going to have a chance to have a coach that leads likely a new quarterback since both these teams have the top two picks in the draft. But then you look at teams like... The Texans with Deshaun Watson, the Lions with Matt Stafford, the Falcons with Matt Ryan, and of course, your Los Angeles football Chargers with Justin Herbert. And I think that those coaches all got fired because they had good quarterbacks and they couldn't get it done, right?
1: Yeah. So, do
0: you want me to go through kind of the situation for all these teams and then we could go through our ranking? Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like that a lot because I, I'm. Do you have con- contract information? on the, the guys that are the stalwarts. Obviously, Justin Herbert's on his rookie contract. We know that. Uh, but do you know the status of Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, or Matt Ryan's contracts?
1: Uh, I, th- I think they're towards the end of theirs. Okay,
0: so you go through, you go yeah. through the parameters here, and I'll get a, a little bit more detail on the contract information quickly.
1: All right, so we'll start with the Jags. Um, obviously, have the number one pick. Mm-hmm. They have two first round picks because they have the Rams pick in the first round as well.
0: They have two. Oh, right. So, what what pick is that going to be? That's got to be uh, in the middle of the draft. Middle. Well, of the first it'll round, be right?
1: decided. Um, I guess on we- the order of playoffs. Right. right and right. then they have two second round picks. They have the Vikings pick, which is number forty seven. Hmm. Okay. Um, and then they have one third, and then they have seven picks, four through seven. So basically, they got two first, two seconds, and then a boatload of picks, and they have. 81 million dollars in cap space for next season. Okay. Of eighty-one dollars to work with. Eighty one okay. million. Okay. The New York Jets have seventy-three million of cap space. They also have two first round picks because they have the Seahawks pick from the Jamal Adams trade. They have one second, a couple thirds, and then five, four through seven. So again, kind of same. Two first boatload of picks, 73 million. The Chargers have 30 million in cap space. And just your standard picks. One first, one second, two thirds, and then five, four through seventh. The Lions have 10 million in cap space and one first, one second, one third, two, four, and fives, and then no six and seventh. The Texans are 16 million over the cap, have no first round picks, no second round picks, one third round pick, and then five late round picks. So sixteen million over and no first or second.
0: Yikes, Bill O'Brien.
1: The yeah, the Atlanta Falcons are twenty four and a half million over the cap and have their standard number of picks, okay. Which is and their first round pick, which to be noted is fourth overall. So that's kind of where we stand: cap space and draft pick wise. And then we can kind of you know base that with the quarterbacks and potential quarterbacks of these teams and their overall you know the division and ownership and fans and culture and all that.
0: So here in terms of the co- the quarterback contracts that are in place, Sam Darnold is entering the last year of his rookie contract, so that could be an asset for the Jets. Obviously, he's an asset in general, anyways. Justin Herbert now just in the first year of his rookie contract, so that's one of the best assets in the NFL because they're going to be paying him um, fractions of what he's going to garner on the open market. Matt Ryan has two years, uh, he has four years left on the contract, but two years before he could opt out. Matt Stafford could opt out this offseason. And it's a a dual option, so it's a player option or a team option. Either one could opt out or opt in. And then Deshaun Watson signed a four-year $177 million deal in September. So Deshaun Watson is signed up with the Texans uh, for at least the next handful of years. So that's certainly interesting. Okay, I like all that with the salary cap. And the capital. So now, uh, let, do you want to start ranking them, or do you want to talk about the, the overall division and landscape, uh, the overall uh, landscape with the? Let's
1: let's go. Let's just start with our number ones, and then we can kind of okay discuss landscape and all that as we let go let's, the let's list.
0: start on the other side. You want to start at six? What's the worst of these jobs? I have the lions. I have the lions as well. Okay. What you told me about the Texans gave me some pause just because of the financials of it, mm-hmm. but. I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. I think Deshaun Watson's a very good player.
1: Well, and I think that's where the biggest debate in this is going to be. And where we rank is the Texans, on paper, are rough as far as their situation. But I think Deshaun Watson is a top four quarterback in the league. And he's proven and he's young. And that contract is... You know, not his rookie deal, but it's still not a uh, uh, absolute mega deal. So, right, it's not like it's right. he's like the most expensive quarterback in the league either. So that'll be that's to me that's where a lot of this is going to base is like
0: where the heck do you put the Texans? Okay. For sure. So we both have the Lions at six. And the interesting part too is the the overlay between. I think that it takes a lot for a miserable situation to reveal itself to the public. Like when when players really. Don't like the situation with the coach because of the coach is just you know outside of the realm of just being you know a hard ass or whatever. The coach is obviously not dealing with things in a, in a professional manner. And I think you saw that with both Jacksonville and Houston because you had the you had the whole DeAndre Hopkins saga. I mean the the Sports Illustrated article about DeAndre Hopkins last year was just so scathing with DeAndre Hopkins just being like Bill O'Brien had a vendetta against me. He hated me. He didn't care that I was a good player. And Deshaun Watson would be like, well, what the hell, man? That's like my guy. Not only is he my former college teammate and my best friend, but he's also one of the best receivers in the league. So that was just toxicity that was brewing up. And you saw in Jacksonville, I mean, like every time a guy got traded or released from the Jaguars during this last offseason, Jalen Ramsey quote-tweeted it and said, hallelujah, you're free from jail. And that was kind of like the narrative around the Jags, too. So I do think that— Well, they were tanking. Right. Everyone wants to get mad
1: about what the Eagles did the other night. Right. They just tanked to a in a weird at a weird time that we haven't seen before. But people ha- haven't really. I never heard any Twitter outrage for what Jacksonville did this year. They sure. they traded all the best players before the season started. Right. They were tanking. Right. And it worked. It worked. They got Trevor Lawrence. The Eagles. They should have done the. They what they did was right. They're going to get a better pick. Winning these games is meaningless. The Chargers. I'm going on a tangent here. The Chargers won four games at the end of the season. Right. None of it would have mattered. If they would have lost all those, and a lot of them were close games at the end that were coin flip games, you lose all those, you're picking second or third overall, and you get Panay Sewell, and you are right, set. Right, right. So, anyways, I'm all for the tank.
0: If you're going to do it, you got to do it. Going 7-9 and nine like both of the Chargers and the Vikings did this year is just dumb. It's just dumb. Uh, but we'll get into that too, though, because I do think there's a certain element with having a young quarterback and proving you can win like the Chargers did. True. A little yeah, bit. Yeah. No. Build some confidence. But So we both agree the Lions are last, and I think that that comes down to – I mean, I think you. we both like Matt Stafford, though, right? I do. I don't think he's going to be there. You think they're going to trade him? I do. Where's the potential destinations? Maybe San Francisco? New England? New England? Dallas? I think he could get – there's a lot of fine print in those
1: contracts because sure. a lot of them, like you can cut guys right. and only and eat just only a certain amount. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if if he's gone. That said, they're I, they're drafting seventh overall. Mm-hmm. There's so many
0: quarterbacks. There are in this draft. What do you think of the BYU kid? I like it. Tanner Wilson or no uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, excuse me. Tanner I,
1: Wilson I, I, I mean, uh, I'm not high on Justin Fields you're not. He played awesome though in the last game. Which, see, which I am high on just. See, I
0: wins. I what's the missing link? I don't know. I just there's is something too, about is like it, is it just his nonchalant attitude? Yeah, and I don't think he's the
1: This is going to sound stupid because he was like, you know, had more touchdowns and incompletions. I don't know how I, I don't think he's that accurate.
0: Hmm. What's his best NFL comp? Um That's a good question. The low-hanging fruit is Russell Wilson, but I, I don't see from an intangible standpoint near even close to that. I also think that he's significantly bigger than Russell Wilson. Also, don't know if he has as much juice, though. I don't know if he's as fast or maybe as a fight. mix
1: of him and Josh Allen.
0: Ooh, Josh Allen. That's kind of a good one. He's not quite as big as Josh Allen. Yeah, he's not, not as he big,
1: a- but I feel like his arm and his, and his arm isn't as strong. Sure. But I think he, like, there's some inaccuracy issues there. Okay. That what Josh Allen had when he was younger. Okay. I don't know. Either way, I mean, you got Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance.
0: Do do you like the the Alabama kid, Mac Jones? Mac Jones. Yeah,
1: he's okay. I think he's... I'd put him lower on the list out of all those guys.
0: Okay. So, from the Lions standpoint, though, we we went over their quarterback. They're probably either going to draft a guy if they get rid of Stafford or they have Stafford. The overall landscape, though, within that division... They're sort of, they've sort of been stuck in fourth place for decades, right? Well, they're the Lions. They're the Lions. You know? Right. And like that, it means
1: something. Like the fact that you're it just does. a, have been a bad organization, it's just, it, it's the it, culture. It, 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 it kind of like seeps in. It, Not that you can't turn it around, but
0: it's just, it is a factor. Well, and it's also compounded by the fact that regardless of what you think of the actual quality of the current teams or, you know, every team is going to have ebbs and flows. But the Packers, the Vikings, and the Bears are all very solid franchises. Those are not teams that are like just complete train wrecks like some of the other ones, like the Lions. And so I think that's another place where you're kind of stuck in the mud if you're the Lions. Um, I mean, their fan base, obviously, they're one that's just enraptured in in tragedy because they're just the Lions, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, the biggest thing to me is they only have 10, they don't have a bunch in cap space. Not that that's the most important, but they're picking last out of all of these teams as far as ones that need a quarterback mm-hmm. at seven. So you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. You're not going to get Justin Fields. You're not going to get Zach Wilson. So you're hoping that like a Trey Lance, a Mac Jones, you know, some of these other quarterbacks that you might take at that position are really, really good. And I'm I'm going to hitch my wagon to one of those top three quarterbacks if I'm a, a head coach. So I'm, and then the Lions don't have like a ton of, Dudes that like stand out. Like I think Swift is a good young player. Galladay is a good young player, but he's hurt all the time. And defensively, they don't have much at all. Um, and so given that they're not going to get one of those top quarterbacks that are probably going to be more of a game changer than the risk of a Trey Lance, I think Trey Lance could be good, sure. but the percentages of him not are higher than some of those other guys. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's clearly Detroit is the last on this list
0: is Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide CBX Montana Television. Sean Rainey joining me, Colter Nuwanez, in studio. We're breaking down and ranking the head coaching openings in the NFL. If you want to watch the NFL, by the way, it's going to be a great weekend. Three games on each Saturday and Sunday. And if you want to watch the NFL, head on down to Silver Slipper. They have 55 TVs for you to watch all the action, whether it's the NFL, the College Football National Championship, which is coming up, MMA, maybe spring football for the Grizz. We'll see. But Silver Slipper, they got you no matter what. They have drink specials every day, 20 Kino Machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else. You'd rather be watching your favorite team at the Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Okay, Sean, so we both agree the Lions are last. Who's second to last? I put Atlanta. Interesting. See, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I feel like we should just go go through this and then let's argue. Let's go. Let, okay. Let, yeah. Okay. 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 So you give me the captain. Yeah. You got you got Atlanta. Okay. I think yeah, who's my, for, my who's least fourth?
1: attractive job is the Detroit Lions. Okay. And then Atlanta. Okay. And then the Jets. Okay. Texans, Jags, Chargers. So I think the Chargers job is the most attractive. Okay. And then I'd rather be the coach of Jacksonville, who you had second to last? I did. Woo! Let's go. Yep. Texans, Jets, Atlanta, Detroit. That's my order.
0: Okay, where'd you go? So, so you have the Jets second to last. Okay, so you got the Falcons. Okay, okay, I got, I got you here. I got you. Okay. Um. Well, let's let's go to the Jags first and foremost. Then you say it's second because they have the number one pick, right? Yeah. I say it's fifth because I think that. Well,
1: what's your list? Give me
0: your list. Oh, my list we'll is my list yeah. is uh, the Lions are are last. Okay. The uh, Jaguars are second to last. Wow, that is crazy to me. The Falcons, okay. then the Texans, okay. then the uh, Jets, and then the Chargers. Okay. I mean, I, I love the list except for Jacksonville. Okay. My two biggest drawbacks for the Jaguars are one, It's so hard to get people to care about professional football in Florida, particularly in Jacksonville. And the owner seems as if he's had one foot out the door and tried to do something drastic with the team, whether it's moving them. This yeah. place or the other place, and I just think that they have a long ways to go to fix the broken culture with inside their locker room. They had it rolling for a half a minute a couple years ago, and then everybody wanted out. and I know they wanted to tank, but they also had guys that just wanted to get out of dodge too. So I just think they have uh, an uphill battle with all of it. The other thing is, and this is this is exactly my, my number one reason why for picking the Jacksonville Jaguars as the second to last job is I think that they're going to pick Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is that good.
1: Okay, well that's a good. I mean that's your argument. I don't. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is gonna be as good as people say. Like what I agree. Give me his comp. Like who do you think he's gonna be?
0: Who do I think he's because, gonna be be? Because he's, cause <laughs> he's coming they're... out
1: like I think we have to compare him to Andrew Luck. Like sure he's had and more he's, hype
0: he's nowhere near Luck. He's had, he's Andrew had Luck. as
1: much hype as Andrew Luck. Right. And I think Andrew Luck kind of, I mean, besides the injuries and, and retiring early, was about as good, maybe a little bit worse than expected.
0: Right? I I think he was that, good. Andrew Luck was very good. Yeah. yeah, Andrew Luck was very good. Made the playoffs multiple I think what th- three of his last four seasons before abruptly retiring. Um,
1: cuz I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be like Matt Stafford.
0: See I I think that if he was as good as Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan, they would be lucky. Really? So you think I think he's like So you think he's going to be like a like a Baker? I think I like Baker Mayfield better too. So I think Baker's a more dynamic personality. I think really? Trevor, I think Trevor Lawrence's skill set is good. So you think it's, he's
1: gonna be like a Derek Carr?
0: Yeah. Wow. Because I just I well here's the thing. It's not necessarily even about his skill set as much as I just think who Trevor Lawrence is is gonna it's gonna be hard for him to galvanize an NFL locker room.
1: Wow. So you think he's gonna be like worse than Ryan Tannehill?
0: Man. I'm really letting my bias shade me right now, but I just don't think that Trevor Lawrence is as good as any of those guys.
1: Wow. See, I think I think he's going to be solid. I don't think he's going to be as good as the hype, just because the hype is. I mean, he's the most hype quarterback since Luck. Yes. And so for sure, I I think that he, but I think he's going to be like a Matt Stafford. I think he's going to be, I think he's gonna be very good, a Pro Bowl guy, but maybe not like. But I don't know if he'll be like you know Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. A Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, Brees. yeah, like that kind of level, which is still fine. If he's if you're if he's Pro Bowl, like you'll take that, I think. If you're the Jags,
0: if you're the Jags, to be certain. Okay, well we we delineate on it, but I think that we. But both they got so
1: they got all the picks. They got the they money. They do have
0: a lot of picks. Caught. But, but how do how do we trust them to make the right picks though? Because I just feel like they have a very dysfunctional mode of operating as an entire franchise.
1: Yeah, but if you get the right coach which is right. who were? I mean, we're just assuming that everybody gets the same coach in this scenario pretty sure, much. Sure, sure. Because it's going to be you as right. the head coach in this. Right, right. Um, I think... I've, I mean, I've heard that their owner is great to work for. Yeah. Like, I think he's a good owner, but he is dabbling on, like, you know, they might move to London. London who knows? Or exactly, whatever. Right. Um, But, I mean, Jacksonville has no... The, the The tax in Florida is cheaper, so you can get free agents. True. They have so much money. The two first-rounders... They have some talent, like James Robinson is good at running back. James Robinson is good. DJ Shark is good. Yep. Chenault's good. Chenault's fine, yep. I think they have they, – I mean, they drafted a lot of some pieces on defense. Like, they got to keep going there. Um, I think that they, that could get turned around, and you get Trevor Lawrence, and you're in a Division two where, I mean, the Colts are good. They have an old quarterback. The Titans are good, but, I mean – Henry and Tannehill aren't going to be able to keep it up for a long time, in my opinion. Right. Like, that
0: that's definitely
1: a division. The division's it's, not...
0: It's, it's more open. There's
1: no stalwarts sure. in the division. Right. Um. So, I, I think the Jacksonville job is very attractive. I have it second.
0: Okay. The Falcons, I had them fourth. You had them fifth. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So, we're kind of on the same page there. Um. What's the answer with Matt Ryan? I mean, do you do you get rid of him? Well, I just saw a report
1: today that their owner said that they're open to trading him and Julio.
0: Wow. What if they both got traded to San Francisco? Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> Shanahan wants him back. I, I don't know she, I does. don't
1: I don't everyone's like connecting Shanahan and Yeah. and Matt Ryan, but I don't know. I don't think Shanahan wants him. I, I think Shanahan wants a younger like, like Sam guy Darnold? that can make more plays. Like Sam Darnold? I I think that would be a good fit. So then
0: we both have the Texans at but, three.
1: But the thing is with with Atlanta, like they got the fourth round, they got the fourth overall pick. Right. I'm high on Zach Wilson, and I think he'll be available there. Right. So if Zach Wilson ends up being a dude, I mean they they still have like they have pieces. They do. Like they're they're, they're, they're a better count. team. They're a better team than.
0: All like all of these, but the Chargers. Well, I mean, currently, pa- I mean, on paper, the Falcons have great talent. I mean, the Falcons were the f- second team in NFL history to have first round draft picks starting at every single position on offense.
1: Yeah, so I'm saying, like, if Zach Wilson ends up being good, like they're going to be more competitive in the short term than all of these teams
0: definitely. I think the Falcons and the I think the Falcons and the Texans have the chance to be the most competitive right away obviously and then the Chargers, Chargers because yeah. because I just I love I think the Chargers are should have been like a uh, 11 and 5 or 12 and 4 team yeah. this year. Uh we'll get to that but, in, in a But in, we're close
1: on Atlanta we're, we're, we are. Yeah.
0: We are. Um so we both, we're kind of close on the Texans too, right? You had them 3, I had them 3. I had them 3, yeah. Yeah, we both had them 3. So uh, I mean I I can't believe you have the Texans over the Jags though.
1: Ha, like I know Watson is good, and and I was gonna maybe put the Texans under the Jets. I was I was really debating going Chargers,
0: Jags, Jets, Texans. Uh, I just I think you can win in Houston if you get the formula right. I just don't know if you can win in Jacksonville. I just don't know if you can. I think it's just in a it's a, in a weird place. Like I know the the Florida no tax thing, but it's not Miami. You can't. I just how, don't know
1: how you're gonna get free agents. To how go do the there. Texans improve though?
0: because why well, they have a chance to improve just from getting rid of Bill O'Brien.
1: Okay, but and they did that and they were the same team. Why well, no, but like, they didn't have but, a whole offseason to make moves either though. But they can't make any moves. They're 16 million over the cap. Well, that's true. That's They true. have no first round picks, no second round picks, one third round yeah. and a bunch of late picks. So how do you improve? Like I don't know how they get much much better cuz they don't they can't get free agents a lot of them and they can't draft. Like I think that this has the potential to hurt them for a few years.
0: Yeah, it's a good point actually. It's certainly a good point. Like they're going to have to be hit, stuck in a while.
1: They're going to have to hit on some of these late
0: picks. And then and then is the Watson contract over by the time you do it and then he leaves, right? Yeah.
1: But that's the thing. I think Deshaun Watson is so special that he can make everybody around him that much better. Like offensively, they were just fine this They're year. just fine
0: Well yeah Because they have One of the best Quarterbacks in the NFL Exactly right? yeah. So
1: and I think That that means so much that, Like I'd rather Hitch my wagon That's why I put The Jets just Underneath them Sure Because I'd rather Hitch my wagon To Deshaun Watson Than hoping that The Jets And whoever they take Presumably Justin Fields Is good in New York
0: I put the Jets number two because I just love the package that they have with assets, with the fact they have the number two pick and they have a former number two pick in Sam Darnold. So now they have some flexibility there. They can deal Darnold, maybe get some more picks. They can fortify their ranks a lot more quickly. Like you're talking about the Texans having this uphill battle. I think the Jets can fortify their ranks a lot more quickly. I actually think that the underrated part of this last year, too, was they've drafted pretty darn well defensively. And they looked decent defensively down the stretch. I mean, Quinton Williams is a real player. Their defensive front was pretty good. And so they can fill in the pieces, I think, a little bit easier uh, than a lot of other teams. And I also just think that the Big Apple is alluring. Like, could you get a... Uh, 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 See, I had, I had it as a negative. The the New York media is going to crush you, but I also think you could get away big... More, like, Jim Harbaugh is not going to Jacksonville. Jim Harbaugh could go to the New York Jets.
1: Yeah, but now you're competing. I mean, Buffalo's going to be good for a while. Miami could be good for a while. Yeah, and 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 once the Patriots, yeah, and the Patriots get Stafford or a capable quarterback, and they're going to be. I that's a. I just always think you can
0: win in New York, though,
1: for whatever reason. That's a tough. That's a tough division. It is. I like the pieces they have in place, but I I I have no idea how I would put New York over Jacksonville in this scenario because they have the exact same they they're in the exact same scenario in my opinion and but Jacksonville doesn't have all the com- competition within the division and i mean but for you it basically just boils down to you think Justin Fields or whoever New York takes is going to be better than Trevor Lawrence
0: i do i do Here's what we're going to do. We both agree on number one, so the argument's over, but we do want to talk a little bit about the Chargers. We also got to get to Hellgate, uh, Missoula Hellgate Boys basketball coach Jeff Hayes. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back, and we'll share a little bit from Coach Hayes, and then we'll also give you some takes on the uh, Los Angeles football Chargers. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana joining me, Colter Nuanez, on Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula and statewide on SWX Montana Television back after this. Welcome back. Nuana is now. 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide, SWX Montana Television. You can also find us anywhere on planet Earth on the YouTube channel. Go ahead and give us that a subscribe press. That'd be great. You, also have, you should also subscribe to our podcast. We have a variety of them. Sean has his Make It Rainy podcast, which is a excellent look at the NFL Weekend Betting and other gambling uh, props and bets and things like that as well. And uh, Ryan Tutel and I joined them all the season. Sean and I just recorded a special playoff edition of the Make It Rainy podcast as well. So go check out all the podcasts, whether it's Nuanez Now or Grizz Greats or Make It Rainy or the Big Sky Breakdown. I know you guys all love listening to it, so give us a subscribe, or rate, a review, all of it. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television joining me, Colter Nuwanez, here in studio. And we, we're breaking down the best head coaching openings in the NFL. And we're going to continue to do that. But first, got to welcome in a little guest. Uh, earlier this morning, I talked to Jeff Hayes, longtime head basketball coach for the Missoula Hellgate boys basketball team. Uh, coach Hayes is the son of Eric Hayes, who's one of the great coaches in the history of the state of Montana. Eric Hayes had Unparalleled success as both the Hellgate men's or boys and girls, excuse me, a uh, basketball coach for a long, long time. Jeff himself played at Carroll College and has done a great job with the Hellgate boys basketball program uh, since taking over when Jim Sampson resigned a few years back. So uh, here's my conversation with Coach Hayes. An atypical year to be sure, but Hellgate, they are in action tomorrow. Uh, for the first time. So we'll, we'll keep you apprised of that tomorrow, but here's what Coach Hayes had to say just about preparing his team, a team that has to replace seven seniors, including Division one bound prospects like Raleigh Wooster and Abe Johnson. We're going out of the Rangish Brothers RV phone line for our Prep Extra segment. We welcome in the head coach of the Hellgate Boys basketball team, Jeff Hayes. And, Coach, I want to talk most of, mostly about hoops during uh, this interview, but we got to start with just how are you doing? How's the last nine or ten months been for you? Because, it, ironically, it's this thing that we're all kind of going through together.
3: Well, I appreciate you for, for reaching out. Uh, you know what, the last nine or ten months and- – been different for me like it has been for for everyone else. Uh, There's been some blessings in that in terms of being able to take some time for yourself, but uh, it's been a challenge when uh, you live for for teaching and coaching and all of that has been uh, thrown up up in the air. (laughs)
0: From a coaching perspective, what's been the most difficult part? Because I know you guys have been trying to do tryouts and all sorts of things, and it's been impeded and interrupted. So just take us through what it's been like the last couple months as you try to make your your squads there a hellgate.
3: Well, I think the biggest challenge has been the the preparation. I like to pride myself on being detail-oriented, being prepared, uh, having a system that will gradually get players prepared, uh, for the high school season and last spring there were no open gyms last summer there was no summer basketball uh, usually we get in two three four tournaments play 20 to 25 games you practice quite a bit and uh, it's almost like a full season and a month's time in June uh, we didn't have that uh, you I'm thinking to myself, okay, we'll still get a chance to start November before Thanksgiving and get some practices in, get some games in uh, before Christmas so that we have a chance to tweak and fine tune something and get ready for conference play. And, you know, we didn't start until after Thanksgiving. Uh, We've had practices, but we haven't had any games. And uh, I think everyone's chomping at the bit to get some game action. Uh, As chaotic as it's going to be or look, it's an opportunity to play, and I think that's what everybody wants at
0: this point. Certainly a challenge from everybody around the state and around the country and around the world, frankly, right now. But for your team, you guys are looking to replace seven, count them, seven senior starters from a year ago. Or I guess not starters, but contributors. You can't start seven, but basically, uh, I know you had a couple uh, underclassmen in the starting lineup a year ago, but you guys had a great senior class led by Raleigh Wooster, who's already making an impact down at Utah State. But just take us through what's the process like. Even pandemic aside, it would be a huge challenge for your program to replace the veterans you lost from a year ago, right?
3: Absolutely. Um, with the pandemic and the, and the team we had a year ago, we probably would have been fine uh, in this situation. I mean, it wouldn't have been ideal. Uh, but it had certainly compounded things uh, for this group that we have. Uh, it's a group that had a lot of potential, uh, but it is young, it is inexperienced, an and we really just haven't had much time to to practice and play together. So that's a, that's going to be a big challenge for us.
0: Jeff Hayes joining us. He's the head coach for the Hellgate Boys Basketball team. It is our prep extra, presented by Farmer State Bank, and Coach Hayes. We had a couple of your guys into the studio on our show for our senior spotlight last summer because we kind of wanted to highlight some of the, the best of the best that got their seasons and their senior years interrupted. And you know, Raleigh Wooster, Abe Johnson, both such awesome guys. We loved having them in the studio. They were so fun to talk to. Great perspective. Uh, both humble young men. But when, when you go, I mean, obviously talented guys, but they were such great leaders for your team as well. How do you go about trying to replace that element of it?
3: Boy, that's uh, you hit it on the head. I mean, those guys were not just tremendous talents, uh, but the way that they worked, uh, the way they got others to, to follow their lead. Uh, neither of them were very vocal guys, but because of how hard they worked and how talented they were, they did have that ability to turn and look at someone and say, it's time to get to work. Let's go. And... I do think we have a couple of seniors that can do that and fill the void for us this year, but it's uh, we need more maturity and growth from from everybody, and uh, it's just going to take some time. I think that's the best way to say it. That we're going to have to replace the, the talent. We're going to have to replace that leadership, and it's not going to be done by just one player. Uh, hopefully, two or three can fill that void and and the others will will learn and follow because they are with Decker, Arthur and Josh Wade those are two good two good leaders to follow
0: talking to coaches across the state high school and college both it seems like nobody really has a, a true gauge on their team yet I'm sure you guys are in the same boat but give give us just a couple pieces of optimism I mean what, what do you like about your squad so far and and who are maybe a couple guys that you think that maybe you guys can can follow as they as they lead the way for your team?
3: Well, I, I like the length and our athleticism of our team. Uh, I wouldn't say that we certainly don't have an Abe who's six, eight and could jump out of the gym getting rebound for us. Uh, we don't have someone like Raleigh who brings the ball up the floor and just allows the other people to, to play their role. So we're going to have to find a way to, to balance that out. But we do have good length. Uh, we do have adequate athletes at every position. Uh, I do like their ability to see things, uh, their ability to to think and anticipate. And uh, if we can develop that and just stay patient in the process, if we can go uninterrupted here for the next eight to twelve weeks, then I really think we have a, a good chance by the end of the season to uh, to make some noise. Uh, but until then, it's going to be a it's going to be a learning process. We're going to have some good moments and some bad moments, some exhilarating moments, some frustrating moments. But you know that's sports, that's life, and um, I think we're kind of getting to have that opportunity to experience what both of those bring right now.
0: Well, last year your team such a special team and go undefeated all the way leading up to the state championship game and then the. Class AA tournament gets called off along with all the other state basketball tournaments. So technically co-champions, but especially around Western Montana here, we definitely uh, gave you guys the credit as as the state champions. But is that something that carries over? Because I know a lot of those guys, that was it. That was all for their high school basketball careers. But you do have some kids in the program still uh, that kind of had to go through that disappointment. But can that be turned into a positive, turned into a motivating factor? Hey, let's go get back there again and try to actually win this thing this year.
3: You know what, I mean, you could say that. I think for us right now, if we're looking at that as the ultimate goal, then I think we're missing uh, the big picture. I think we're missing the journey and the growth along the way. Uh, we're just going to have to focus on working hard, uh, trying to, to improve every day, and to just enjoy it. Uh, like we learned uh, at the end of the season last year and throughout the pandemic that you just never know if you're going to get, get another opportunity. And I'm hopeful. I know we already missed some games out in town this last weekend with Butte and big sky. I'm hoping that we can avoid that fate, uh, going the rest of the way. Uh, we're being very cautious following all the protocols. And if we can maintain some consistency and avoid disruption in our schedules, that uh, I do think we have a chance at the end to, uh, to be a team that nobody wants to face and all you got to do is play play well at the right time and and beat one person at a time so that's kind of what we're aiming for Well coach is
0: updated on when you are uh, slated at least uh, tentatively to take the court next when is the actual next official game for Hellgate
3: You know we're opening up Thursday night uh, this week that's tomorrow against uh, against Helena High we play them at home and then we'll go to Helena Capital on Saturday and then next week will be the two college bell schools.
0: There you go, little high school hoops around Western Montana. We really hope it happens, Coach. It is something that's uh, at least bringing joy to all our lives. At least uh, tentatively watching the kids compete. So, best of luck with the season. We appreciate you joining us today, and thanks so much. All
3: right, thanks,
0: Colter. Thanks for having me, and uh, stay healthy. So there you go, Jeff Hayes, head coach. For the Hellgate Boys basketball team, here's what we're going to do. we got some trivia coming up, and Sean also wants to get a crack a little bit more on talking about why the Chargers is the best head coaching opening in the NFL, and I agree with him. So we're going to roll that into the top of the hour as well. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some of our best moments of 2020, which could include where the Chargers a head coach, because I know, I know the Rain Man wasn't very satisfied with the last guy that had a head coach. We're going to take a break real quick. But keep this number in mind, 361-3688, 361-3688. We got wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, plus a few trivia questions right after this.
2: to more.
0: Welcome back. New is now. 102.90 SPM Missoula. Stay wide. SWX Montana Television. John Rainey from SWX Montana, joining me, Colter Nuwana, is in studio, broadcasting to you live from the ESPN Radio Studios here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company in the Great Garden City, in the greatest state on the planet. It's trivia time, you know it is, and Wednesday, presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. This is easy for you, all you gotta do is just uh, give us a call right now, 361-3688, that's 361-3688. First caller will get a dozen wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, voted by you, the Missoula public, as the best wings in Missoula for quite some time. It's pretty much a, a dynasty. Sean and I, we're going to ask each other some trivia questions, and uh, this should be fun. So, Rain Man, you're up. You go first. What do you got? All right.
1: So, obviously, the Heisman was rewarded uh, uh, last night. Last yeah. night. So, it has been awarded 86 times. Okay. Since 1935. Okay. To 85 different recipients. 85 different recipients, yep. I saved this first question because I wasn't sure if we're doing it to the viewers or not. Okay. So I'm not going to do this one to you. Okay. Because I feel like you'd get it. Like, who's the only guy to get it twice? Archie Griffin.
0: Yeah. From Ohio State. So
1: that was going to be like a nice, easier Mm -hmm. viewer one. Mm -hmm. So what school is the only one to have back-to-back Heisman winners from the same position?
0: The only school to have back to back Heisman Trophy winners from the same position, but it wasn't the same guy, right? Same two, position, two different back guys to back, years. back to back years. Oh man, it has to be a running back or a quarterback. Is it Oklahoma with Kyler Murray and Baker? It is, yeah. it is
1: nice. I mean, it was still recent, but yeah. it's still kind of hard to
0: maybe think about. It, it. is, it is. I was thinking like Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, but there was a couple years between those guys at Alabama. But yeah, no, Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And then both went on to be number one overall picks, too. And then,
1: can you name... There are three schools that have seven Heisman Trophy winners that lead it. Can you name at least two out of the three schools schools that have the most Heisman Trophy winners?
0: Alabama's got to be one of them. No. Alabama's not. How many is from Alabama is one?
1: Alabama is a few down the... They have (laughs) four.
0: Four? That's it? So it's Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Devontae Smith, and... H- who's the fourth? They might
1: have three well, they have three when I looked at it yesterday. So I don't I don't know if that was updated with Devontae. So I Smith guess or we're not. updated so with the So they have Vontae three
0: Smith. or four. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um Notre Dame. Yep. Notre Dame's one. Okay. But the last Heisen Trophy winner from Notre Dame is Tim Brown, right? Nineteen eighty eight. I believe it beats so. Me. It's been it a really long ago. It's been a really long time. Yeah. Um how about Michigan? Nope. Ohio State. Yep. Okay. Ohio State obviously had Archie Griffin twice, um, Troy Smith, Eddie George. Um, okay, so that, that's, a, that's a good one. Okay, USC. They are technically second with, with, with six. six okay,
1: because the Reggie Bush one doesn't count.
0: Ah, but if you count the Reggie right, Bush one, right, they would have seven and they'd right. be clumped in, but you're still missing one more school. Okay, one more school. Is it... Uh, is it, a, is it a current blue blood or is it a, more of an mm-hmm. old? Uh, is blood. a current blue blood. Okay, because I was going to say maybe it's like a naval academy or something back from back in the day. Um, not Texas. Nope. Oklahoma. Yep. Yeah, Oklahoma, because with Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. There you go. Uh, Josh Heipel. Uh, yeah, they've had. Uh, Oklahoma, Sam Bradford, they've had a good run. Okay. Very good. Nuanas now. Sean Rainey joining me. Coulter Nuanas in studio. Broadcasting to you, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Reese, you can just give me a thumbs up or not. Do we have a winner? We did have a winner, so congratulations. We'll get the name, and we'll get you all your great desperado uh, deliciousness delivered right to your door. Okay, I got a couple for you, Sean. The Washington football team made the NFL playoffs this year as a 7-9 and team. Question number one, how many times in NFL history has a team with a losing record made the NFL playoffs?
1: Oh, man. Uh, well, obviously, Seattle did it. That's seven and nine. Seattle and did was do, the beast do it. Quake game against yep.
0: the Saints. So that was in 2010, first year of uh, Pete Let's Caron. go with five times. Yeah, that's exactly right. Five really? times. This, f- this, this, this is the fifth time. And that's <laughs> the 1982 Cleveland Browns in a lockout shortened season. The, uh, Detroit Lions that same year because okay. it was a lockout shortened season. The 2010 uh, Seattle Seahawks. The, um, 2015, Carolina Panthers, they were 7-8-1. And, and then now this year, the Washington football team. Okay. Well, my second question for you is going to be, who's the only lo- team with a losing record in NFL history to then win a playoff game? But you already know because yeah, you, just, you just yeah. said. The Beastquake game with Marshawn Lynch and the unbelievable. I don't think Washington's going to be added to that list. I, I don't think so either. But way back in 2010, that was Pete Carroll's first uh, head coaching playoff victory With the Seahawks, 41 36 over the New Orleans Saints. And uh, certainly an iconic moment for uh, everybody that follows the Seattle Seahawks, and certainly the beginning of an era as well. We're up against it. So, on the other side, we got the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. We're going to continue our conversation about the best NFL head coaching openings and also share some of our top sports moments. From 2020, Nuanas Now with Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television. Joining me, Coulter Nuanas, back after this.